0: Welcome to the Indiana Basketball Source Podcast. I'm Trevor Andershock. I'll be joined today by Jeff the Shark Shanley, as well as Scout.com's Brian Snow to discuss the Forum Credit Union Tip-Off Classic, which will be happening Saturday at Southport High School on the south side of Indianapolis. Uh, We also dove into how uh, Scout.com does their player rankings how that process works, as well as his thoughts on the prep school transfers. That and much, much more on today's Indiana Basketball Source podcast. we like to...
1: Welcome National Recruiting Analyst for Scout.com, Mr. Brian Snow to the podcast. Brian, welcome. How you guys doing? Oh, we're doing great. Wanted to touch on a few things with you. First off, I think this will probably be something that is a, at least of interest to people who listen to our podcast, and that's the subject of rankings. You guys obviously publish your national rankings. We do ours on a statewide basis. want to kind of talk to you about how the rankings come about. How do you guys, what's the process when you guys are putting together your rankings?
2: Well, I'd say process is the key word. It is most definitely a process. Um, You know, obviously myself, Evan Daniels, Josh Gershon, we go to as many events as humanly possible, spring, summer, and high school. And, you know, we grade out players on our kind of own scouting scale, rating from high major through low major. And, And then, you know, that kind of gives us the database for who we're working with in terms of a top 100. Then from there, we each have our own priorities on who we think is better than who, which usually turns into a lot of arguing, some name-calling. And uh, we come up with the top 100. I, People always ask, you know, like kind of, what do you look for? And it's like, it, it's not just one thing. It's like people have all these preconceived notions of they only care if people score, which is patently ridiculous. Um, For instance, we rank Josh Jackson number one in the country. He's a freshman at Kansas right now and we all said the best thing he does is pass and defend you know his scoring he didn't he wasn't as high a scorer as some guys in the country but he was an elite passer an elite defender an elite athlete whereas you know some other guys whether it was you know in this class someone like a Gary Trent who's ranked highly you know he's a big time scorer and so it's just a mixture of things. It's it's how athletic you are, your size for your position, how skilled you are, how good a passer you are, what can you develop, what do you just have that no one else does. So there's a whole lot of factors that go into it. And, you know, it's an imperfect science, but
0: we like to think we're pretty good. How heated do the uh, discussions get? Did anybody kind of take a stand and uh, get pretty personal about things, or how does that go?
2: <laughs> I don't know about personal
0: i don't know i don't know
2: that that'd be inaccurate sometimes but certainly uh i would say more recently josh evan and i have have uh worked more harmoniously in that regard just because we know we know when the other one's not going to give in we know what that other person really wants and and but it does get heated It's a relative term it's not like we're ready to fight each other right but uh you know there's some passionate debates. There's no question about that, about why this kid is ahead of this kid and, and why this kid stinks and why this kid, why you think he's good is beyond my comprehension, things of that nature. So, yeah, it, it can get – there's definitely a difference of opinion. There's no question about that.
0: Once you reach, like, the senior class, are you going off your previous rankings, like saying we need to drop this kid, this kid needs to be higher, or do you kind of start fresh on I,
2: I would say you start um, – obviously your evaluation – continues yeah um you don't just like throw away everything you'd seen for three years and say well i saw him make six shots so right. some you know, people he, do he's a shooter now <laughs> I've seen people yeah do that. so he's a shooter now no you, you don't do that but in terms of like whether he was number 18 and it's like well he played better so he's got to go up to 16 no we start that completely from scratch honestly everyone else tends to know our rankings better than i do right um people be like where do you guys have them ranked i'm like somewhere you know like, you know like i think he stopped 50 well he's like 72 oh okay it shows you what i know
0: yeah.
2: yeah i remember one time in june i'm at a i'm at a camp and i and i saw a kid from the west coast for the first time and i started yelling at josh and evan via text message for not having this kid ranked high enough and where i told them to rank him is exactly
1: where we had him ranked. <laughs> so yeah that'll put that in perspective i think one of the biggest issues that people see in rankings is how you weigh current production versus future potential. Where do, I guess you personally, how do you balance that? And then how do the three of you go into that when that goes into your rankings, the production versus potential?
2: Every year you get further along, your production needs to start coming closer to your potential. You can only live off potential for so long. That said, there are instances where it's like, yeah, that kid ain't good right now. But he's 6'10", he runs the court, you know, it's like, can we really not bet on him to be pretty good? He's got good hands, you know, he's got good touch, he just doesn't, he needs to get strength. So I do think in some cases, it's a case-by-case basis, uh, especially with big guys. Um, For one, they're not, and this isn't a shot at anybody, there's just, there's not many people qualified to coach big guys in this country. Mm-hmm. And very few of them are at the high school level. So for a lot of big guys, they've never really been coached. So you have to figure that out. So you, you got to figure out, you know, is a kid young first class? Is he is he maxed out physically? Does he have a lot of room to get stronger? There, there's a whole lot of things that go into it. And, you know, you, to answer your question succinctly, p- potential absolutely matters. Um, at the end of the day, we describe it as who do we think is going to be the best basketball player when it's all said and done. Now, I know there's a lot of gray area within that statement, but, you know, We we have to rank who we think's going to be the best, so we don't go back and look in like five years, and you know you have some kid you know like Darren Collison rated higher than Russell Westbrook because Darren Collison was better as an eighteen year old. Mm -hmm. Well, Russell Westbrook's a freak of nature in every sense of the word. He might not have been as good at eighteen, but he's a heck of a lot better at twenty eight. So I think you have to you have to have a mindset that potential
0: absolutely does matter. Here's a, it's not a clear segue, but you were talking about being coached and for big men especially, but also competition level when you're going against certain guys in practice or even in games. That's kind of been the draw for prep schools. That's another mm-hmm. hot topic we wanted to get into. Do you see prep schools helping kids a majority of the time? What's your kind of feel on that topic?
2: again uh not to not to waffle here or not answer the question. I think it's so much of that that's each individual kid right um if you're a kid at a high school in the middle of nowhere, you don't play against a division one player during the season, you don't play with a division one player during the season. I can really understand going to a prep school and wanting to challenge yourself. if you're a kid who's struggling academically in your current environment. And getting away is going to be a better option. Shark, you're familiar with like Brewster Academy and South yes. Kent. Some of those kids just need to get away from where they are. And, and if a parent and a teacher, if a kid, a coach, a mentor, whatever, decides that a prep school option is better for a, a young person than, than the traditional high school, who am I to say that that's the wrong choice? Mm-hmm. Would I love to see every kid from Indiana stay here locally? Selfishly, yes, be, but that's more selfishly because I want to be able to drive 15 minutes to watch a play. Right, makes my life easier. But you know, whether, but if you know a kid's not getting it done academically at his school, or he's not getting enough competition, or or whatever the case may be, I don't see a problem with them doing what they think is in their best interest.
1: Yeah, we've seen particularly the, the 2017 class. I don't want to say be decimated here in Indiana, but. You have uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. heading to La Lumiere, Paul Scruggs going to prolific prep, Justin Roberts going to Findlay prep, really taking a lot of high-end talent out of Indiana for their senior year. Um, talk about some of those kids individually and how you've witnessed their growth um, through the years of watching them.
2: You know, I'll start with Jaron. He was a kid, I think first time I saw him in open gym, I went to go see Trayvon Blewett. And I was like, who's this kind of like 6'5", long, skinny shooting kid? Right. Well, as it turns out, he's now 6'11", still long, but shoots it, goes inside, does a lot. So I've seen him grow quite a bit from a player who was all potential as a freshman. You know, really couldn't play to
0: a kid who's now borderline McDonald's All-American. Yeah, if you want to talk potential against production, up until about this time last year, he was all potential almost.
2: Heck until yeah. till the second round of the state tournament, <laughs> I think yeah. it was all potential yeah. last year. Um, so, so there's that, and then uh, you know a kid like Justin Roberts and Paul Scruggs. It's funny, I I first saw them, I think they were seventh graders.
0: Yeah, um, Indy Hoosiers.
2: Well, I, with before. Paul, I actually with Paul, I actually was watching an Indiana Elite team coached by Christoph Kendrick. Oh, jeez. And I'm sitting on the bench <laughs> just messing around. They're playing up at the old Adidas Invitational in Bloomington. It's like. Paul's older brother was on the team, yeah. Nick. And so I'm just sitting on the bench with Christoph, and all of a sudden this kid's out there just killing it. And I'm like... And Christoph turns to me, starts laughing, and goes, that's a 7th grader. And I just was like, this is absurd. First of all, <laughs> that I'm watching a 7th grader. Second of all, that he's dominating 10th graders. Right. So, And Paul remained that same kid, just kept getting better, kept getting more athletic, kept getting bigger, stronger, quicker. Still has work to do as a point guard, there's no question about it. But his jump shot's gotten better, right? He, and... If there's one thing I'll say is there's
1: no one I want to go to battle with more than Paul Scruggs. I mean, that kid's a warrior on the court. I think he's, like you said, he's definitely a kid where you looked at him maybe between a sophomore and junior year of high school and people were saying, you know, point guard is going to be the next progression for him. And a lot of people kind of shook their heads and wondered, could he really do it? I say over the last 18 months or so, he's answered Pretty much all those questions. Yeah. He's really, really taken that part of his game, I think, to the next level. Yeah,
2: he, he's almost there. I mean, he's still got work to do, and I'll be the first one to tell him that. But, he, you know, he he's gotten better in that regard. And then then with Justin Roberts, another kid I saw really young, um, and he can really pass the ball when he so desires. Um, he, he's great at getting in the lane. He's got a nice floater. I think he can be a really good defender at the college level. So I think he's someone who's gotten a lot better, too, and you see so few real point guards, and I think Justin can be one of those. So I I think
1: he's going to be a good player in the future. Shark loves a true point guard. Definitely, definitely. We'll take a look here at the Forum Credit Union Tip-Off Classic happening this Saturday, December 10th at Southport. Uh, Run down the uh, game schedule here for you. We have Castle outside of Evansville taking on Mount Vernon Fortville in the first game. New Albany versus North Central, the second game at 2 o'clock. Cloverdale battles Park Tudor at 4 p.m. Then we have Fort Wayne Snyder against Hamilton Southeastern, approximately 5.40 p.m. South Bend Riley will be playing Southport at 7.20. And in the nightcap, Fort Wayne Northside will take on Lawrence North, starting at around 9 p.m. Let's run down... Uh, these game-by-game, game. we'll start off with the Castle versus Mount Vernon matchup that's taking place at noon, the first game of the day. Uh, your thoughts on that matchup, Brian, some intriguing pieces there. Yeah, you know, obviously Castle's
2: led by uh, Iowa signing Jack Nunji, one of the top big guys in the state, 6'10", really likes to shoot the ball. You know, he's gotten a little bit better down low, still still has work to do in that area. Then uh, the, the, the young point guard, Hemingway, you know, he's a really good player for them as well. He's big guard you know, solid athlete, can get into the lane, and, you know, Mount Vernon's got some pieces as well. I I think people are, I know they haven't gotten off to the quickest start this year so far, but, you know, anytime you've got two potential Division I players on your roster, you know, Michael Ertel's one of the better scorers, shooter scorers in the state, so I think you're going to see, you know, Castle's a top 10 team in the state, Mount Vernon's a team that I think at the end of the day has a chance to get to the regionals, and we'll see what happens with that one. I think it's a good matchup to start the day. Should be entertaining. Both teams like to play at a decent pace. Both teams will, uh, you know, execute on offense. Certainly, shot makers or
0: and you know several Division one prospects on the floor. On paper, I think Castles the second best team in the state. Um, to New Albany, obviously, um, they're going to have to prove it over the year. But yeah, like you were saying, I think it's going to be a good matchup to start with. It'll, Little challenge Castle a little bit. I don't think they've been challenged so far this mm-hmm. year, but like you said, Alex Hemingway's a heck of a prospect and player. Uh, I saw him score like thirty-five in the sectional last year as a freshman. That's good. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's he good. went off. I think he scored like eighteen or twenty in a quarter, so that's pretty good. Um, but I just like the depth of Castle outside of Nungi and Hemingway. They have a whole bunch of guys that can contribute.
2: Yeah, I think it's going to be – certainly it's a team that a lot of people in, in Marion County, central Indiana, don't get to see very often. So mm-hmm. I think it's a good opportunity to see one of the best teams and one of the best players in the state play against quality
1: competition. Right. I had a chance to see Mount Vernon a little over a week ago, and they really don't play anybody over about six four, six five. So I think that's going to be really interesting to see not only how they guard somebody like Jack Nudgee, but who Castle decides to put Jack Nungy on and how he's going to have to guard. Because they have uh, James McLeod, who's a 6'4", 6'5". Wayne can take you off the dribble. Eric Shepard, a big physical forward uh, that can stretch you out a little bit and take you off the bounce. So be interesting to see how that matchup plays out in the front quarter of that game. Especially
2: what I find interesting is if uh, Shepard and Nungy are guarding each other. Because Shepard, like you said, big physical kid, rugged, kind of will rebound which has been the knock on Jack Nungy, let's call it what it is, is he hasn't rebounded like a 6'9 kid should. So will Jack Nungy respond well to a challenge that Eric Shepard could give him and you know, be able to handle him a little bit on the defensive end as well? So I'm looking forward to see if that does transpire and how Jack re- responds to it.
1: Uh, the next game we're going to take a look at, pits some really talented guards going off against each other, Cloverdale and Park Tudor in the 4 o'clock game. Your thoughts on that one? Yeah, you know, uh, Park Tudor, new coach, new system. They lost Jaron Jackson,
2: so they're they're all guards. Kobe Webster, one of the best scorers in the state probably. And, you know, he's the focal point for what Park Tudor does. So he's going to be the guy. And then Cloverdale has Butler signee Cooper Neese. And obviously, I mean, he put up 53 in a game this weekend. Might be the best shooter in the state or certainly right up there. So you got two kind of star players who do most most of the damage for their team and are the focus on the offensive end. It's going to be an athletic challenge for Cloverdale. They don't they don't see the athletes the Park Tudor has very often. So how will they respond? Can can Cooper get any help from his supporting cast? And then you know so far Park Tudors played a lot of zone. Is that what you want to do against you know Cloverdale when you got Cooper Nice who's Probably gonna be the tallest player on the court,
0: right? And he's not afraid to fire and, a, couple, yeah. a step or two or four behind the <laughs> yeah. three point and
2: line. he he's not shy. So uh, do do they try to deny him the ball? Like, kind of what do they do to, to deal with Cooper Nice? And so that that one will be interesting. And you know, we'll get to see Mike Shelton coach uh, for Park Tudor and and see what he's made of. You know, they hung right in there with Lawrence North. So I'm I'm looking forward to seeing Cooper against you know athletes and and a, a good coach who's gonna try to really limit him and and what his what his uh his
0: his way of going about that is and, and how he responds to that challenge. Like you were saying, I'm I was wondering if Park Tudor would play zone. They played zone under Kyle Cox and then in the first game against Lawrence North, I didn't know if it was a matchup that made them go zone or if they were gonna play zone most of the year. Do you have any Uh I, I
2: think uh I think right now the Planners plan play zone quite a bit. I, mm-hmm. I don't think that's necessarily a they're a Syracuse were married to it thing, mm-hmm. but I do think they do want to play a good deal of zone this year
1: because to, to make up for their lack of size. Right. I have a feeling this game could get fairly high scoring, being in the the guard driven nature of it. You know, I think this is a game that could be a little bit up and down. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, you
2: know. I, the fact that it's all all little people, who, by the way, are all taller <laughs> than me, <laughs> all little guys out there on the court, that would tell me it's not going to be a slowdown, slogging out, you know, battle. So uh, I, I think in general it should be up and down. It should be high scoring. There, there should be a lot of threes taken. If you like threes, I think there's going to be quite a few of them taken in this game, especially by uh, – by Cooper Nice and uh Kobe
0: Webster. Yeah, Cooper shot twenty-one against Southmont, I believe. Twenty one threes alone. That's a big number. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm kinda interested to see what Isaiah Moore does a sophomore for Park Tudor. Yeah. Um I didn't think he was quite aggressive enough against Lawrence North in their first game. He he I believe he took eight shots. I think that needs to be easily in the double figures
1: for Park Tudor to be successful this year and, and beat Cloverdale Saturday. He's definitely a kid that can, I think, take the pressure off Kobe. He's another you know guard that can make shots, um, decent quicks with the dribble. I think he's a, a great second option to Kobe if defenses uh, choose to focus on him. Our next matchup pits uh, an out-of-region game. Fort Wayne Snyder taking on Hamilton Southeastern, moving from a guard-dominated matchup to now – the front court gets the uh, main billing in this matchup with Malik Williams and Zach Gunn. Yeah, you know, Fort Wayne
2: Snyder, I, I think their first game is going to be on Friday. So uh, we don't know yeah. what, and they've got a new coach, Jeremy Roush. So uh, we we don't know what the heck to expect from them. Right. What we do know is they got one of the best players in the country on their team. Yep. And that's a very good that thing. That usually makes you yeah. pretty good in high <laughs> school. Yeah, that usually makes the coach look really good. Yeah. Um, but what I'm excited about is you're going to have some size for him to go against. Um, Certainly Zach Gunn, 6'6", senior for Hamilton Southeastern. And I saw them against Avon. And I was, I've was, i always kind of been a little lukewarm on Zach's game. I, I wanted him to be tougher. I wanted him to rebound more. I wanted wanted him to show more athleticism, you know, higher motor. And, and he showed some of that against Avon. He looked to be in the best shape he's in. So at least at 6'6", he can give Malik some competition with size. Then Hamilton Southeastern, I don't know how much he's going to play, but arguably the best freshman in the state is Mabor Majak a uh, seven-footer, who's, again, just a freshman, and he could give Malik some issues just because he's big. He can move his feet. He's got yeah, long he, arms.
0: He can really move. On yeah. Perimeter.
2: So uh, that, that's one thing I'm interested to see. Brian Satterfield, uh, he's historically not a big fan of playing freshman. Gary Harris played very few minutes. Zach, Zach uh, Irvin played zero as a freshman. So He's typically shied away from that sort of thing, but I'll be interested to see if this matchup dictates that we get our first real look at Mabore on a big stage, and I think at the end of the season, these are probably two of the 10 to 15 best teams in the state.
0: Yeah, and I think, even if he doesn't play much in this game, I think down the road, by postseason time, Mabore will be in the lineup for Hamilton Southeastern. I think he almost has to be. Yeah,
2: I think if Hamilton South and when you've got Zach Gunn, you've got Aaron Etherington. you need, you know, Noah Smith at point guard. You need that post presence to be a state contender. Right. And I think if if Hamilton Southeastern has goals of getting through sectional, and are they always in a tough sectional, getting through regional and, and making it to banker's life, that Mabor's going to have to be a piece to the puzzle. So if I'm Brian Satterfield and I see a seven-footer on my bench and I see a seven-footer for their team on the court, I'm going to put the dude in. Yeah. And then, like, Especially set, early here. I yeah. think we'll give him
0: some experience it, to know what he needs to work it, on. It's
2: stuff. not like the IHSA Basketball Tournament Selection Committee is going to hold a loss <laughs> against them, <laughs> Right. So, you know, it, it's like, so I, I'm hoping personally Mabor gets in, to, one, for to see him go against a really good player. And two, so Malik is staring eye to eye with somebody and going, whoa, <laughs> I'm yeah,
1: not yeah. used to this. Yeah. The guard matchup I think is going be, gonna to be interesting. Snyder's guards aren't maybe as heralded. Um, and Hamilton Southeastern definitely has a good, good group of guards. I think it's overlooked with, like Brian said, Noah Smith, uh, Jack Davison, Connor Rotterman, you know, even going bigger guards like Aaron Etherington. There's some good pieces there in the backcourt for Hamilton Southeastern. They gotta, they gotta make the decision to guard though.
2: Um,
1: so far Hamilton
2: Southeastern, even though they blew out Avon, they kind of played the defense where it was like, hope the other team misses. Mm-hmm. So I think in this game where the competition level surely steps up, you, you can't play defense like that. So I'm interested to see, is Hamilton Southeastern going to show that toughness and guard <clears throat>
1: Fort Wayne Snyder like they're going to need to to get a big win? Let's move on to the South Bend-Riley versus Southport matchup. Um, obviously a very talented offensive team in Riley that's made some noise in the state tournament. Those kids getting a year older than Southport kind of trying to find their way right now. Yeah,
2: um Southport's off to a tough start. There's no question about it. Loss of Paul Scruggs and Joey Paul Scruggs prolific prep, Joey Brunk to Butler. You know, that those are big losses. Um so there Southport's got some guards who can score. And obviously South Ben Riley, Demizi Anderson, outside of Romeo Langford, Demizy's as talented as any
0: player in, in the twenty eighteen class in Indiana. Yeah, I agree with that wholeheartedly. I've been <laughs> on the, the Demizi bandwagon for a couple years. So yes.
2: so the question becomes is I think you're gonna see you know Kyle Simpson at Southport try to slow the game down a little bit and not let Riley and sh- get uh, Demesi and Shamar Dillard out and and just kind of try to make those guys execute. And will they have the patience to work it for a good shot? Because if they do, Riley's one of the most exciting teams in the state. There, there's no question about it. Their they're as their young core is phenomenal. So I want to see them. You know, will they will will one will Simpson make try to slow it down and make them execute? And then two, if he does. Will they be able to execute at the level that I think we all expect them to? That and that they're going to need to to advance far.
1: Yeah, if you if you've watched Riley in the past couple of years, it seems like there's no shot that's off limits to them. Oh, definitely you, not. Definitely as you yeah. said, it is it <laughs> is Katie by the door. We're going to go. Yeah. We're going to get it. If you got if you think you got a shot, take it. Um, definitely, they want to play at a very frenetic, fast pace. And I think, like you said, Southport maybe doesn't have the horses right now to match that if they want to go trade basket for basket with you. Yeah. Heck, Trevor and I went up to a game last year
2: in uh, South Bend, and to start off the game, Riley won the tap, and Demesey took a shot from the volleyball <laughs> line. That, <laughs> like, it, literally t- caught it, took two dribbles, <laughs> saw the volleyball line, and said, let's go. <laughs> and, and,
1: and pulled. So that was that was interesting. Yeah, and you mentioned some of the guards for Southport. Harold Bennett, um, sophomore. Sophomore. Yeah, that. You know, obviously his older brother, Malik, was a very good player for them. They're good teams a few years ago. He's a kid that I think uh, can grow into a focal point for them here in the next year. Or so I think this year is going to be big for him kind of taking the reins and making it his team. Yeah, he started most of last year, so he has experience. But like you are saying, now it's his team,
0: basically. He has the most experience. Another kid I want to see more of is Brevin Jefferson, yeah. uh, freshman Ky- for Southport.
2: Kyle Simpson's high on him. There. Yeah. There's no question about it. And I think Kyle knows, you know, this is this event's in his gym. And he's going to have to put his best horses out there against South Ben Riley. There, mm-hmm. There's no question about it. And that includes Brevin
1: Jefferson. Yeah. All right, heading to the uh, nightcap here. Fort Wayne Northside, uh, the legends. That's going to take some getting used to saying that. Uh, taking on Jack Kiefer's Lawrence North Wildcats. This game has talent all over the floor. Yeah, I mean... If you really, I mean, I know Trevor
2: thinks Castle is the most talent on paper behind New Albany. I actually think these might be the two two of the most talented teams in the state. I mean, yeah. how, how many Division one players are we talking about between the, between the rosters? Six, seven, something like that. So number three versus number five. Um, so two of the top five teams in the state at the moment. And more importantly, you know, you got Rock Petty guarding DePaul EJ Jalen Butts. You That's have to be
0: a really good match.
2: Yeah, you have especially Kevin, on the board. So. Yeah, then you have Kevin Easley and the state's top sophomore, Keon Brooks. So you're matching strength against strength, and you know even though Fort Wayne North doesn't have the, the guards quite that Lawrence North does, they've still got very capable guards as well. Heck, they just they just gave a what was it a Cathedral the business last mm-hmm. weekend. So I think this, I I know it's going to be a late tip. But I think people that show up for this game are going to be highly entertained by the amount of talent, the amount of athleticism, the amount of length. This is not going to look like a high school
1: game. Just the physical bodies are going to look like a college game out there. Yeah, Devontae Kenny, Northside's point guard, is definitely not going to back down from anybody. It would be a great match, I think, with him and Antoine Cushingberry Northside. Keon, Bro- Keon Brooks kind of been take-no-prisoners to start this year. He's just had a phenomenal start to his sophomore campaign. No sophomore slump in sight for him.
2: No, you know, and, and when it comes down to it, when you talk the hierarchy in the state of Indiana right now, you got Romeo Langford and Chris Wilkes. I think on that Mount Rushmore right now, right next to them is Keon Brooks. Yeah. I that I think he's the next McDonald's All-American in the state, and he's going to be just – he's a load to deal with. He inside, outside, athletic, and keeps getting better, loves the game, keeps working. So Northside's really got a player there. And then Jalen Butts, I mean – he was this close, you know, and I know this is radio. You can't see me making the one-inch <laughs> side with my hands. But he, he was so close to turning the corner in about May up at the Speece Fieldhouse. Uh, Trevor and I are looking at each other like, who is this Jalen Butts? Like, this dude's starting to, like, be like, whoa. And then he breaks his foot. And he never seemed to quite get on track the rest of the summer. But early returns are he's been really, really good. So I think we could be seeing, you know,
1: DePaul signee Jalen Butts really open some eyes for people. Yeah, I know motor has kind of been a question for him. I went and saw them last July up at the, uh, Jim Rats national tournament at the end of July. They always have in space and he was all over the place like a madman on the glass at both ends. Really, like you said, stood out with his, his effort is his intensity. Yeah, I really think just butts against Raw. I mean,
0: the battle that's going to go on in the paint, they're going to be battling after every rebound. Both of those guys are probably top tour at least top five in the state and rebounding alone. Yeah, I mean,
2: th- that's the thing is, and one of the reasons I set this matchup the way I did it was this is strength on strength. Yeah. And instead of one team just being able to physically punk another team, they're both going to be going right at each other. I hope the refs don't call many fouls. Yeah. But unfortunately, even though I run the event, I don't have control over them. <laughs> Although I've tried in the past. It didn't work. Um <laughs> So I hope, you know, we get a good physical game where where those two are just pounding the glass and and really, you know, blocking
0: shots and doing what they do. This is a game I can see being real up and down, too. I mean, Northside loves to get and another the Yeah, Northside's just running. And I think Lawrence North's best when they're running. Now, they don't always run, but I think they really excel when they're getting up and down. And I
2: think if they see the other team going, those Cush and uh, Mikey Saunders Jr. and Kevin Easley, they're going to be like... Let's go! Yeah. <laughs> and there's, kinda, only,
1: there's only so much that Jack Heaver's going to be able to do to slow those kids down. Yeah. There's only so much you can do. Yeah, it's like, hey,
2: Jack, just, just take a seat and watch, watch the show, my <laughs> man. So, yeah, but yeah, I mean, I think people, obviously, because of North Central New Albany being in this event as well, I think people are overlooking just how entertaining and impressive this matchup is and
0: this game's going to be. Definitely agree. Definitely agree.
1: And you brought us to our last matchup, kind of the feature matchup. It's taking place at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. It's going to be on Fox Sports Indiana on television. So, if people, unfortunately, aren't able to get out to Southport Fieldhouse. They can still catch this matchup on TV. But the- let me say, I encourage people to show up in person. There's nothing. <laughs> it's quite- always better. In <laughs> yeah. Person. It's a-
2: Indiana. <laughs> let- let's put on a great show for the TV, fill up the building, let people know what Indiana's about. But if for some reason you got to take care of your child and and your wife would kill you if you left the child alone, <laughs> I understand. And, and you can watch on TV.
1: Not much more to say. New Albany, North Central. Your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I think it's pretty simple. you got the two
2: best players in the state and the two best teams in the state. And usually when you have that combination, good things happen. Mm-hmm. New Albany, I went down to see them last week, I think it was. And, uh, you know, Romeo had a light work day of 24-9. and nine. <laughs> I don't think he broke a sweat. He told me he played like crap, um, and I was like, I thought you were pretty good. <laughs> uh, he, he's a special player, um, probably the best perimeter in the state since Eric Gordon. I, w- I think it's probably. Yeah, I think that's pretty fair. Yeah, and um, just a special, special player. And then Chris Wilkes, headed to UCLA, elite athlete, getting more skilled, getting better, with, more comfortable with his jump shot. And the thing I've noticed about Chris is the mindset of this is my senior year, I want this to be special, and that starts on Saturday. Trying to take down the number one team in the reigning state champs, and by that same token, Jim Shannon and the New Albany Bulldogs. Their only loss was in this event last year to Pike, and, and Jim told me he goes, "We we, we want we want this. We, you know, we got to prove that even though we didn't beat a team from Indianapolis to win the state finals, that we can beat anyone from Indianapolis." And they know North Central's right now the best we have to offer in Indianapolis, and I, I think both teams are going
0: to be really ready to go. If yeah. I'm not mistaken, didn't New Albany lead most of the game last year against Pike, and then Pike uh, stole it at the end? Basically. Yeah, you know, uh, Justin Roberts really got going late in
2: that game yeah. for Pike, and,
0: and Justin Thomas, Thomas had made, a couple yeah, big he had passes. a couple
2: big big shots, and so that was that was a f- phenomenally entertaining game. I think we all agree on that, and uh, you know, again, this is another game. North Central's going to run, press, and trap. Doug Mitchell's going to be holding up a red towel, a black towel, a <laughs> white towel, a red and black towel. And I still don't know what the heck any of them mean. And Jim Shannon, it was funny, last year, they played right after uh, Snyder played in Burbuff, and I think the game was like 39-36 or something like that. And Jim Shannon goes hope we break 70 for you. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, he wants to get up and down as well for New Albany. So I think both teams are, again, they're going to look at each other. And I think they're going to have a little extra juice playing
0: on TV and saying, L- let's go get it. Yeah. How much do you think Romeo and Wilkes will match up in this game, guarding each other?
2: You know, that's interesting. Um, I would say some. I, yeah. I think it's going to be a lot of in transition. So I think part of that will be just a subject of, you know, where guys are on the court. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't think either coach wants to exclusively do that just for fear of foul trouble. But I do think there are times, especially if it's close and then it's late, that you're going to see them go best on best and like, hey, will you take this challenge? And I think both those kids, I know, I think the kids would certainly like to guard each other. Right. I, I just don't think the coaches would want to do that for the entire game. You know, North Central's got plenty of athletes that they can put on Romeo. And, and uh, quite honestly, New
1: Albany can do that a little bit as well with Chris Wilkes with some of the with some of their pieces. Yeah, I know you were really high on New Albany's freshman, Julian Hunter. Talk a little bit about your thoughts on him, Trevor. Well, I think what Brian was saying, he fits in perfectly what they
0: want to do with New Albany, especially when they're applying full-court pressure. He fits into that system perfectly. He's about 6'2", 6'3", can move really well, runs, jumps. Um, He really thrives when he's getting up and down. So if that's the type of game they're playing, I think – Maybe Julian Hunter kind of breaks out in that game if, if they're going I, I, to I could see
2: him certainly guarding Chris Wilkes to start. Mm-hmm. Now, that's probably not what you wanted your freshman to do in a perfect world, but I think you could see that happen to start and then see New Albany just kind of try to gang rebound and keep Emmanuel a little off the glass. Um, one guy I think is going to be huge in this game is uh, Cheesy Rivera, Mateo Rivera for North Central. Mm-hmm. You know, he's kind of the guy, he's their steadying force, he's their glue. He'll make the open shot. When things are going haywire, like it's bound to happen at some point in time in this game, it's going to be Mateo Rivera who slows the pace and says, "All right, fellas, let's let's get into what we want to get into and let's do our thing." So I think he's one to really watch, and and certainly you know a lot of a lot of small colleges and uh, lower D ones are all taking a look at at Mateo right now. So I think this will be a great opportunity for him to uh, potentially earn some more scholarships.
1: Yeah, if you remember their sectional last year, which was one of the most ridiculous sectionals. You know, I think in recent memory, with just the depth and quality of teams. North Central wins that, and a lot of that was due to the play of Mateo Rivera. Yeah, if if he didn't get what
2: was a concussion in regionals, I, I think there's a good chance they get out of that. So with him out, and then
0: uh, Jalen Manette went for uh, like 40 or yeah, 30, 40, 40.
2: So in they all know it. That you know those kids, they're all back. You know, this is Rivera, Wilkes, and Little's final kind of kind of run. And they
1: want this, they they really want this game from talking to all three of those kids. Mm-hmm. And New Albany has not only Romeo, but also their starting backcourt from last year, Sean East and Isaac Hibbert back. So a lot of depth returning from two really good teams last year.
2: Yeah, and, you know, we talk about uh, um, Cooper Neese not being shy. Isaac Hibbert also not shy. <laughs> he will shoot from anywhere. So, uh, you know, you could see some fun action in this one as well. I'm kind of interested.
0: I know uh, Blake Murphy, New Albany's bigger kid, about 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, I think he's been hurt for the first couple of games here. I i don't know if he's going to be back or not. I think that could be a difference maker, too. If he's back, he gives him a little bit more size, can match up with probably not Wilkes, but he could take Emmanuel Little off the glass yeah. a little bit. So that that could be a big key if he comes back for this game. Okay.
1: Like we said, this Saturday, December 10th, Southport Fieldhouse. Uh, first game, Tips at Noon. You're going to want to get there early. It should be a packed house there. Uh, slate of six games that are all going to be great matchups for Indiana high school basketball.
2: Yeah, you know, just the final thing. What we try to do for this day is is just bring a celebration of Indiana high school basketball. We try to bring teams from all over the state, some smaller schools like a Cloverdale, some traditional powers like a, a North Central or, you know, in some years a Pike from around Marion County, and, and just do it that way. And I think everyone who's ever gone to the event has come away saying, wow, this has been a lot of fun. So it's one ticket, you know, $10 for adults, $5 for students. You'll get a wristband. So if you got to go out and get lunch or get dinner and then come back, you know, it's good for all day. You'll have your wristband on. And I, I think you'll really enjoy yourself if you come down to Southport Fieldhouse. And like uh, like Shark said, you know, Get there early. I uh, I think it's certainly the New Albany North Central game is gonna be packed and I but tickets are available at the door. No one needs to worry about being sent away. That's simply not going to happen. So I encourage everyone to get down there, get to Southport
0: and uh watch a Tremendous Day of High School Basketball. All right. We are looking forward to that. Um we'll definitely be covering all the action from the forum credit union tip off classic. Uh we want to thank Brian Snow for joining us today. Thank you, Brian. Definitely.
2: Anytime, fellas. Uh,
0: one day we'll have uh, Chesterton in this tip-off classic. Ooh, they're running out of Anders That's <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 a problem. I need more Anders shots. <laughs> one day. One day.